0: We're working for a Middle East royal family in Beverly Hills and we have American culture. Well, they have Sharia law culture and that's the two different cultures that a lot of security agents, and executive protection agents really struggle with. I was just being friendly. And two days later I got fired because I was being too nosy in his custom. That mistake cost me $20,000 for that month of work. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins.
1: Knucklehead podcast. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead. And I'm excited to talk with you a little bit today about, well, quite frankly, this is 2021. There's a lot of time this past year where we spent, oh my goodness, talking about the craziness that is 2020. And we got smacked in the face at the beginning of 2021 also. So those of you who are listening know that I live in Texas. And what's great is the guest who's going to be on with us today. He's not from Texas, but he was just in Texas. So he understands that there's a lot of people reeling from this freeze that we had just recently. The snowpocalypse is what I've heard it called. So it's not like 2021 is starting all that much differently than the way 2020 ended. I'll just put it to you that way. But I know we're thankful we persevere over here at Knucklehead Podcast. So. Anyway, today we've got uh, the knucklehead, Stephen. I've got the honor and privilege to introduce to you Mark Ledlow. And Mark is coming from us uh, based off of a referral from a referral. And what's cool about this podcast world is Mark has done some cool things on the security side. At the beginning of this, starting this podcast, there's no reason whatsoever that I would be have any interest whatsoever in talking to somebody who runs a security company. And Mark actually has his own show. When I originally contacted Mark, Mark said, Hey man, I'd love to chat with you. But guess what? I'm tied up with this UFC Hall of Famer in the middle of Oklahoma. Gonna have to get back to you. And immediately I'm like, what? What? You're talking to a UFC Hall of Famer? Who in the hell are you talking to? And it was Frank Mir. And I love and I want to hear a little bit more backstory about that. But I've got Mark Ludlow today. I'm gonna shut my pie hole. I want, I wanna introduce you to Mark. Mark runs a security company. Actually, I'm gonna butcher his backstory, but I want you to pay attention. The reason why you should pay attention, I don't care what kind of business you run, whether you run a security company, contracting business. Maybe you you run a, a well-oiled machine already. Like we've had guests on the show who are VPs of departments at huge company, Fortune 500 businesses. And the way that they think about running their particular business is the way that entrepreneurs think about running their business. So the way that you build systems, the way that you build processes... The way that they work really, really well is if they've been screwed up in the past. Right. So what I'm excited about is is Mark to share a few of the the learning lessons, the painful, maybe stub toes along the way <laughs> along the way. So Mark. How in the hell are you, man? It's nice that you're taking some time to talk with us today, buddy.
0: Thanks, Stephen, for uh, having me on. Uh, super fight to you, brother. You bet. And uh, that one of those Marine Corps things that we do when we see each other and greet our formal greetings, Marine Corps style. Doing well. I can't complain. I've been blessed. Uh, this podcast thing, like you said, has been like a rocket ship and. I've been honored to have the guests I've had on my podcast in on State One, Mike, Michael Trott, former CIA operative guy, protected George Tenet, and wrote a book about it. And Come yeah, on. yeah. So I'm, I've i been blessed. I've been humbled. And I just love it. I'm having a blast doing this. All right. So let's dive right in. So when it comes to security, I want to set the foundation for folks, right?
1: And so for those of you who've been listening, you know, Knucklehead Podcast is brought to you by Knucklehead Media Group, right? So Knucklehead Media Group, we bring dead leads to life through podcasting. Uh, if you're wondering how to monetize your B2B podcast or understand how to carve out your own niche, or you want to you actually want to have some some distribution help post-production, th- that's what Knucklehead is for, right? So what Knucklehead podcast is, is, is Knucklehead podcast is an opportunity to sit back and listen, sit back and listen, absorb a little bit of the lessons of people that have screwed up along the way, right? In today's... I don't want to call it the social media world, but in this kind of one to two degrees of separation, this this kind of digital experience, if you will, there's a lot of opportunity to present something you're not. And I think it forces bad habits, in my opinion, Mark, if I'm just going to be honest with you, it forces bad habits and it almost rewards them too. To a certain extent, it rewards folks who are really good at presenting, but not necessarily good at executing. Who are good at marketing operations, but not necessarily good at sales follow-up and follow-through. They're good at you know putting together a presentation, but they're not necessarily good at reading a room and understanding people. And you know in the Marine Corps, one of the things that, that we pride ourselves as a differentiator between some of the other services is small unit leadership. So somebody has a small amount of experience. If they jump into a leadership role or if they have the opportunity to earn the opportunity to lead... What happens is, is they're going to be in charge of a small group and that small group is part of a bigger platoon, like fire team and then squad and then squad and then platoon and then platoon and then company and then company and then you know, yada, yada, yada. It just goes on from there. So when it comes to security, what in the hell does that have to do with business? So I'm fascinated by this connection and I need your help connecting the dots. So help me understand a little bit about the security business, how you got into it, how your time in the military actually helped you prepare for this now, and a little bit of backstory about you.
0: Yeah, I'm a backstory, you know, Marine Corps vet did my eight years plus went to college. I used the reserves and the GI Bill, got my criminology degree. Where at? Where'd you go? I went to Southern Oregon University in Southern Oregon. Okay. And All right. majored in criminology there, minored in psychology. And while I was doing that, I was uh, actually actually correctional officer in the juvenile facility system. Holy and yeah can okay. you imagine that w- breaking up fights with adolescents and teenagers that's what i did how many times you get punched in the face like ad- inadvertently because you're breaking up a fight between two people well thanks to the marine corps line fighting training we had in the marine corps i knew how to do pretty well and people said where did you learn that move i said marine corps <laughs> nice whatever they taught us it worked <laughs> wow never got punched in the face but i did a lot of uh I don't know if it's kramaga or I don't know if it's Judo, whatever they taught us to do. Yeah, breaking up fights between two <laughs> adolescents, I can just I can just imagine. To all the
1: school teachers out there. We know well, pre-COVID. <laughs> Who knows if they're back in school now? But right. Great.
0: But yeah, I was working there at the juvenile Corrections facility and I was a reserve cop as well in Oregon. And I was going to school full time and I was a busy guy. I'm like, wow. And it's amazing the mindset the Marine Corps gives you to take on more and more and more. Because you know your threat, you know your limitations mentally. And all of a sudden, I, it's interesting, before I went to the Marine Corps, in college, I was academic probation. I just sucked in school. I go in the Marine Corps, I get out of... go in the reserve unit, and I'm like 4.0. So I had a little mental shift going on during that boot camp time. I don't know what happened. Maybe I, I did too much personal IT on the quarterdeck or something. This pool of sweat underneath me just... Did something like psych- through psychosis and
1: <laughs> you went through pain you went through that common suffering of the marine corps that we call boot camp yeah we understand i so, understand and for those of you who are listening who didn't go through boot camp you go pull it up on youtube go check it right. out Right.
0: and so i think that was the door that opened psychologically for me for my continued success and everybody said i was thinking about leaving Southern oregon i just didn't see myself wanting to be a cop in Southern. right did see the challenges did you grow up there or would you would you grow up i I grew up in Southern Oregon. I was a wildland firefighter during okay. the summertime while I was going to school part-time. And Is that a volunteer fire? Is that a vol- like community-based volunteer firefighter? It was actually with the state of Oregon. It was a oh, paid no. position. And no we were kidding. Paid position. And it's a seasonal position. And I was on the hotshot crew. Wow. That's incredible. So, uh, fun fact,
1: has nothing to do with this. I have a friend who's in the middle of Montana working for the VA as a firefighter. And it's like, time out. What, you do what? Where? Hold on. <laughs> That's bizarre. So anyway, side tangent, let's get back to you. I apologize. Go ahead.
0: So yeah, the, my DNA has been always been wired to say protect. It's always been in my my DNA and from firefighting and to law enforcement corrections, always, you know, protecting the public interest. And then, you know, got out of school in 2008, the crash hit. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? You know what? I'm going to move to Southern California. Everybody goes, are you nuts? Nobody wants to move to Southern California. So uh, everybody's moving from Southern California to Oregon. I'm going from Oregon back to LA going, you know what? You only get one shot at life. Might as well make it count. And so I moved down there, got my carry concealed weapons permit. And then, you know, 15, 16 years later, here we are. And it's been a wild ride.
1: All right. So let's let's dive into what I'm hearing is I'm starting to hear a little bit of a pattern. I'm starting to hear this pattern of you have some structure provided. And some structures provided through institutions and those institutions, you know, what they do is they provide you at least the baseline to go and perform. Whenever you were dealing with the juvenile delinquent program, did you ever experience this? Um, you know, all right. It's difficult to describe this. All right. So you have a presentation, like people who are organized in their delivery, they're polished in the way that they present things like they're street smart, but it, every time they kind of were in the you know, in front of the, the probation officer or in front of, you know, the, the powers that could smack them down even more, they, they were fine. But it's like, as soon as they left that accountability, they just, the, the wheels fell off. Am I, am I just completely
0: imagining that? Or is that true? Does that happen? What you're dealing with is the, the psychology of those adolescents. They live in chaos. The minute you give them structure and organization in the detention center, give them routine, they snap. Because in their world, they come from chaos. You give them the institution a protection, planning, routines, and they just go ballistic because they're so used to living in chaos. That's interesting. So do you find that there's some parallels between,
1: you know, in a security business, running a security business, you know, identifying people who feel as if they're, they're having to neutralize threats around you? Uh, do you find that there's some parallels there? And the yeah, fact uh, that you had some experience... In that world, kind of set the foundation for what
0: you're doing now, or is that is that even not related? Yeah, I, I think you have a connection there because in the juvenile corrections in, in order to survive on your daily shift, you got to read the bilingual languages, you got to read what they're doing, what their their behaviors are doing, and then in the bodyguard world or executive protection, as we call it, um, you got to watch behaviors around your principal that you're protecting. Say it's a, a royal family from the Middle East, and they're on Rodeo Drive. Now you're you're reading, you're doing secret service profiling, and that's what you're doing. And yeah, I took a lot of that from I learned in the juvenile corrections and all that, and eight years of that, and then I probably applied it in the field, not realizing I was doing it. It was subconscious. Well, either that, or you dipped your toe in the water and were like, "All right, hey, listen, I think I'm gonna,
1: <laughs> I think I like the way that this works." Mm-hmm. So, the, so if I'm hearing you correctly, there's there's some Marine
0: Corps experience. Are you doing that at the same time that you're doing this juvenile correction officer deal? Yeah, I was in the reserves as well, going up to Eugene, Oregon, doing my one drill weekend. And then I was going to school and plus working during the day. So I was busy. All right. So let's talk real quick about this then,
1: because I think we're starting to hover over kind of our target, so to speak. And that is screw ups, things yeah. that have caused some pain along the way. Security is not something that you would hear if you lived in rural Nebraska, right? What I mean by that is hired executive protection. What is it about the security business? How many screw-ups that have happened along the way that would cause somebody to realize, you know what, I need to talk to this guy named Mark, or I need to talk to somebody who's a Mark type to come up with a plan on how to keep myself safe. Like, Talk to us a little bit about some common mistakes that folks that you work with would make whenever they're trying to evaluate whether or not they actually need your service.
0: Well, the first mistake is not knowing your threat, not knowing your risk, not knowing how to analyze your threats. What is your threat? And with me today, I have Mike Trout's book, The Protected. In this book, he covers everything you design in a security program from A to Z. Mike Trout, was one of his clients, was... Uh, I probably shouldn't say. Cause I don't know if it's said in this. So I'll keep that confidential for Mike Trout's sake. So <laughs> I just had the NDA thing in my head. But he discusses threats. He discusses risk mitigation and all those type of things. And so that threat could be uh, workplace violence. Let's say Fox, for example, has a threat. They terminate an executive, and that executive likes to have toys and weapons out on the weekends up in the hills of LA, and he sends off an email to the president say, Oh yeah, well watch this. I got all these pictures and you're gonna have my revenge as an example. And they call me and my team and go, hey we think we need armed guys down here that are either retired cops or right, retired military with concealed weapons permit, legally licensed, insured, to uh, help us out and keep our employees safe. And uh, that's kind of where the security group comes into play. And so, and so just that example—did you just come up with that off the top of your head? I mean,
1: or walk us through a little bit of how that happens. Like, so what screw up along the way even uncovered that this would be a thing that you'd be interested in actually doing? Like, what what happened where you were like, you know what? I'm good at this. This is this is actually an opportunity for me to go perform my service here. Like, wh- what was it that actually spurred this happening?
0: Well, I was working a job for uh, a big entity. I don't want to say branding name because they don't pay me to say that, but they're a well worldwide security company, and they do investigations and they do armed and uniform. And I was doing a job for them in Southern California back in the early 2008. On a uh, well known Indian tribe down there, and I was on a close protection assignment. I'm seeing the money coming and go. I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life. I'm like, whoa, there's some money in here. And you start seeing, hearing about the invoices, you talk, start talking to directors in these organizations and the bill rates. You're like, whoa, there's some serious money in this business. And I'm like, and then you're working, and you realize how much you're making, and you realize how much the guys that have the contract are making. You're like, huh. There's a business side of this. And then all of a sudden the business will start turning in my head. And I've had some mentorship that are multi-millionaires that I've been around and talked to. And learning what you know, I always learned that the most expensive thing you'll ever buy in your life is your time back. That'll be the most expensive thing you ever buy in your life. It's
1: interesting. It's a great lesson, you know. And think about all the years vested that you had to get to that point where that lesson meant something, right? I think that that's right. That's an important lesson uh, for those of you who are listening. All right, so for those of you who are just jumping in, right? There's from time to time, what we have is we have net new listeners that'll come and they'll listen to Nuckway Podcast. Really, the whole the whole thought process of Nuckway Podcast is to provide an opportunity to do. Uh, what we're exactly what we're doing here. Talk about the things that you've screwed up along the way. Do, do we want to focus on what you've screwed up or do we want to focus on the the takeaways from the screw up, the the learning lessons, so to speak, the hard, the difficult moments, that visceral reaction that you get whenever you're in the moment of screwing up, like what was the knucklehead thing that you did that actually led to the success that you're seeing, right? So Mark is is fortunate to have lived, you know, quite frankly, just lived through some different institutional type training, uh, to be able to capitalize the systems build that you get in terms of experience there, and then parlay that into an opportunity uh, to lead him to where he is today. And so, one of the things that we talked about before the show, Mark, was really some some screw ups that happened in in the in the transition from you know you know what this isn't there's an opportunity here I want to go take advantage of it so. Talk real quick about maybe what one of those times looked like for you, if it's okay with you. You know, yeah, absolutely. Away. You don't have to give
0: away a whole lot of PII. if you know what I'm saying.
1: Just keep, keep it confidential. So go I'll ahead. keep
0: it confidential. We're working for a Middle East royal family in Beverly Hills. And you know, I we have American culture. Well, they have Sharia law culture. And uh that's the two different cultures that a lot of security agents and executive protection agents really struggle with, is understanding the give and takes and what's customary. Well, to make a long story short, I was dealing with the handler of a principal in Beverly Hills in a hotel, and he goes, "Mark, Mark, Mark, good to see you." You know, in Middle Eastern language, saying hello, and I'm like, "How are you?" And he's like, "How's your family?" You know, where are you from? Is your family good? And so, naturally, as an American custom, it's natural to reciprocate that interest. Well, so I said, "So and so, it's good to see you. How's your family doing? What's it like to be traveling?" I was just being friendly and. Two days later, I got fired because I was being too nosy in his custom. I'm like, whoa, that mistake cost me $20,000 for that month of work. Two days. For context, at
1: most, most, if you're a Marine, you're working 24 hours over the course of two days. Exactly. no, 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 no. I'd say on average. You're probably at most working... If you're a Marine, you're working you could probably work all 48 of them to be honest with you. I have done it before. So so in the civilian world, if you're working 16 of those 48 hours, right, of your of your work day, that costs you 20
0: grand. Yeah, because usually on the, how they work, they do two shifts. They do day shift and night shift. And they want same faces in that culture that there's they want that comfortability. They want to know who's gonna be there and they want you there for the 30 days of their medical visit or vacation, whatever they're doing. They want you there 30 days straight without a day off. So I think it's important to hover
1: over what we're talking about here, right? So in the moment, it didn't take 48 hours. I I put, I set the context there because that's the framework that you talked about. Really what it was is talking about two to three minutes, two to three minutes of just banter where your guard got lowered. And what happened is the risk associated with that, the opportunity cost of those two to three minutes, 180 seconds cost you 20 grand Mm -hmm. and it was a valuable learning lesson. So, you know, set the table, so to speak for, for the listeners here on, when it comes to business, how would somebody who's never been placed, you know, in that scenario where they have an opportunity to learn something that valuable, like how would you apply that? Would would you apply that to people who don't know who they are? Would you apply it to just process and systems building? How would you apply that lesson into building a business the way that you build a business today?
0: Training, like what what is it? You have to know. Um, a, you need to have a retainer in place. You, never go into business with somebody from out of country without a retainer and some contractual written up by attorney and made for the laws of that state, being California. That's the first lesson you learn. The second lesson is a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of cash deals that take place. And so there's a lot of unreported cash flowing from A to B. And then you got to report your taxes. And a lot of guys in the industry don't want to report it because they don't you know, want to pocket that money. And if you get caught, the IRS finds out, then you start making, dumping money in your account over $10,000. Those veterans are making, a, you know, making a $40,000 detail in four months. They're going to have to report that to the IRS if they, you know, with those deposits made. And so, Hey, you need a 1099. You should, in California, it's illegal to be a 1099 contractor. It's illegal. You, have, you need to work under a business license that's insured and got workman comp and all that stuff in case you have to pull your gun out and protect your principal. And that's why the insurances are so high down there. I mean, 40%, 60% margin, just an overhead to pay California to protect yourself. That's yeah, that's outrageous. bizarre.
1: Yeah, that's bizarre. I, I mean, I, there's so many different things that I want to get into there that yeah, I don't even want to get into right now. I, and, and that is ridiculous. So if you want to learn more about that, contact Mark. He'll tell you how to get in touch with him here a little bit. So let's take these last couple minutes here. For those of you who are listening, what we're doing is we're sitting down with Mark. Mark Ledlow, primary, spent some time, got his training as a correction officer. So what's cool about his time... Spin With Knucklehead podcast is we've had MMA fighters on, right? We've had folks who are very proficient at taking their body using different elements of their body as weapons. And then we talk to them a little bit about our slogan, so to speak, of don't be beta. And really what that means is don't be a beta about the process. There has to be this this willingness to go put yourself out there in uncomfortable situations, which is kind of a prerequisite, right? For anybody who's ever accomplished anything significant, it's kind of a duh thing, right? Like, yeah, of course, you're gonna have to do things that you're not comfortable doing in order to accomplish something you've never done before, right? So Mark's spending this entire time wearing the shirt called Fearless Mindset, right? And uh, we've had other guests on before who've been able to do things in business that they haven't been able to do before. And they talk talked about some of the, the learning lessons that led to that to that breakthrough. Mark, what I want you to do real quick is I want you to kind of tie in some of what, you know, some of our previous listeners have done, like Tim Kennedy, right? Tim Kennedy is a, he's a MMA guy. He's a former UFC championship level contender, been on the Discovery Channel. And you know, we've had Sherlinger Scales, who's a, you know, she, now she's a mom, but she was a, a single woman business owner who developed a brand based off of the, uh, you know, a family name. We've had government contractors come in. So essentially, we've had, we've had people come in here and talk about the things that they did that they've screwed up along the way that have led to the success that they're seeing. When it comes to a mindset, fearless mindset, where we say don't be beta, what does that mean? And how important and critical is that
0: to your business and you capitalizing on opportunities that come your way? For me, I would say, like, you know, that it's all about mindset and something we learned both learned in the Marine Corps to be fearless in our approach in life and don't be afraid to fail. I mean, I've fallen so many times, made so many mistakes. I've been fired a few times on different security projects. But with that, you adjust, you overcome, you pivot. And I'm glad that 2020 hit us. I'm glad COVID-19 hit us because if it didn't hit, I would not be doing podcasts today. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a podcast. (laughs) You have a security business. What's your podcast? Tell people where to listen to you. Uh, You can uh, catch us on iHeartRadio, the Fearless Mindset Podcast with Mark Ledlow. You can find me on Instagram at MarkDavidLedlow and uh, Instagram at Ledlow Security Group. And uh, LinkedIn, Mark Ludlow. And uh, we're pretty much all over the place. Yeah. So, those of you who are listening, those of
1: you who are listening to the podcast, stop, go ahead and stop. Just go ahead and put it on pause. Then go over to the search icon and whatever app you're listening to, iHeartRadio, whether it be Spotify. If you're listening on Good Pods, good for you. Actually, you know what? If you're listening on Good Pods, leave a review saying, I listen to this on Good Pods, and then go tag them on Twitter. Say, Good Pods, I found the Fearless Mindset. Go to the Fearless Mindset on Good Pods. Leave them a review and let some people know that you learned something about what the Fearless Mindset did for... You've had some recent guests. You've had Frank Mir. That's right? the only one I know yeah, of. Frank tell, Mir. Tell, yep. tell me a little bit about some of the other guests that you've had. Tell people why they need to go listen.
0: Uh, Frank Mir was... I love the guy. He's just so smart. And not only is he a fighter, but he's a thinker. He's a reader. He reads a lot. And he's a businessman... In addition to that, and I've had Bruce Weimer, who was a spy, espionage spy, and Vladimir Putin refused to shake his hand.
1: That's got to be some <laughs> scuttlebutt type conversation. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to that
0: story than what what meets the eye. Yeah, he goes into detail. He's coming out in a few weeks on the uh, Fearless Mindset podcast. Bruce Wimmer, he's with G4s. He's a director. All right, so we've got Bruce Wimmer. All right, all right. So let, let's what what are we talking about? We're talking about Good Pods. Go to Good Pods. Go
1: to go to go to Twitter. Go let Mark and Steven know that you listen to Bruce Wimmer. What's his last name? Bruce Wimmer. Wimmer. Bruce Wimmer's podcast, where he talks about
0: not <laughs> Vladimir Putin not shaking his hand. <laughs> he was scared of him. He actually had he had threats from Al Qaeda for oh his life. My. What? Oh you my
1: good lord! I don't even know what water I'm swimming into here. My goodness. Let's 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 put a kibosh on this here pretty quick. My goodness. All right. So let's let's do this. All right. So Mark, let's land this plane this way. Tell people the impact, you quantified it to a certain extent with the, you know, three minutes costing you 20K. But let's talk a little bit about the cost of not leveraging the way people consume information now, running a security business. Let's talk about the mistake and and, and we'll end it here. Whenever you ran a security business, you got years of experience doing this. What is the cost and impact of not designing your your product or service the way that people are consuming information now?
0: It puts you out of business within a month if you don't do it correctly. And you, have, you need to have legal counsel representation to drop a contract. The biggest problem I see in the security industry is a handshake and a verbal. You can lose hundreds of thousands of dollars just over that. It's so crucial to have legal representation, it may cost you a thousand bucks for a letter, but you have a binding contract. This, uh, the, the verbal agreement or the handshake means nothing in court of law, and people know it. And I see a lot of guys doing business without retainers. And guess what? You got to pull equity out of your house to pay your, your labor? Really? I mean, that's, you're talking about guys that were retired cops or veterans getting in the business. They really don't know what they're doing sometimes. Sometimes they do. And that's the biggest mistake I say. I heard a guy say, Oh, I pulled equity out of my house to float payroll. Oh, just mistakes like that. There's best practices out there. You need to talk to a CPA to have you walk through that, have a good attorney, a business attorney to write up contracts. And I'm currently going through one right now in uh, Southern California for a, a future client that we're going to probably retaining here pretty soon. But you got to, you know, insurance, you got to cover yourself because you don't want to lose your personal assets. You got to protect that. With, that's why I have an LLC. So there's so many mistakes. A lot of people make, they just don't know what they don't know. All right. So what you just talked
1: about there, I think it's important. Let's hover over this and let's, let's wrap with this. So cops, Former military folks that are just running businesses. You're talking from experience here, and you know you probably have some examples of folks. I, I just it, it almost infuriates me that that's <laughs> that that's something yeah. that you have to not necessarily have to deal with, but that that happened to people that you know doing what it is that you do. Did making that mistake or that screw up lead to a success that those folks are looking at, or are we talking about people who are no longer in business?
0: I know one guy personally. I'm not going to name names on this, but he was sued twice because uh, he didn't do things correctly. He's trying to underboard, make more profit, and it instead cost him. But you gotta, you know, you gotta do things right by that state and do them legally. Yeah, it might be more expensive, but you don't, earn, you don't run the risk of getting sued like the, We had a uh, guard shoot somebody that bear spray in Colorado during the protest. Well, we know the rest of that story. Both those companies got sued, and both of them lost their license to operate. Just little things. You, know, you
1: just you, you touched on a good point, and that's I think that that's actually a good place to wrap. So I think I think what I'm hearing here, and the lesson for those of you who are listening is, whether you run a security business, whether you run a, a multi million dollar organization, whether you're you know in a consulting gig, whatever whatever it is that you're doing, there's this tendency to to, to not make a mistake. There's this tendency that you that you want to have to. You know, talk about something that you maybe not necessarily well educated about, or you wanted to, you know, th- there's there's something there where you want to present something like you have a solution when you don't. And so there's this tendency, I guess is probably the best way to put it, there's this tendency to want to do that. My encouragement to you is to go back and, and listen to the beginning of this episode, start to finish, and hear of the six or seven examples that Mark just laid out for us as to why that's not necessarily the great strategy. And then also on top of that, a great place and a resource. To go ask for some help. That's what we want to get you to get from this particular episode. Know that there's people out here who are who are here to help. Uh, Mark just told you a couple of different ways that he can get in touch with them. Mark, what's the best way? Somebody who's listening to this episode that they can get in touch with you, and you tell them, you know, spending a couple of minutes with them and, and and giving them some input, or you know, potentially helping them with some of the security things that you're working on.
0: Uh, go to uh, ledwithsecurity.com. That's my website, and then there you'll have a. Uh place where you can send an email it will cue me in my gmail account and i'll get it and uh i would be happy to help anybody there but yeah or linkedin reach out to me on linkedin or Ledlowsecurity.com and uh, or uh, mark at ledlowsecurity.com. also
1: (laughs) all right well he just gave you three places there you go gave you three places to get in touch with them there there's a lot to go through i appreciate you taking some time any saved rounds anything else that we need to cover before we jump
0: I think we covered a lot of ground. I
1: think we're good. I think we did too. I think we did too. That was fun.
0: How'd you guys thawed out in Texas?
1: Yeah, it was almost 80 degrees today. Can you believe that? It was awesome.
0: I was there. There was three feet of snow on the ground in Oklahoma <laughs> two weeks ago. It's <laughs> oh, crazy. That's crazy. That's Texas for you. So, th-
1: For those of you who are listening who are not in Oklahoma, who are not in Texas, and you don't care about... Texas weather we understand leave us a comment and tell us what the weather is like for you today that's what that's what I want to know let us know in the review say hey listen Stephen I listened to this episode and it was 72 degrees and balmy because I listened to it in the Caribbean that's fantastic <laughs> all right so for those of you who like to listen to quite podcast new episodes coming at you every week right we aim to get them to you on Tuesdays yes I'm gonna do some push-ups for you because I'll use some episodes for the rest of 2021. That's okay. You'll get used to it. It's okay. Those of you who like listening to podcasts, Mark just told you exactly how you can get in touch with his. Go leave him a review. Best thing you can do for him as a podcast host is actually leave him a review. Let him know what you thought of his episode with Frank Mir. If you happen to like the backstory of the spy that's going to be on his show, you know, in a few weeks talking about, uh, talking about how Vladimir Putin wasn't going to shake his hand. That's, that's a fun story. Because nobody, who else do you know that actually gets to talk to Vladimir Putin? Let alone, you know, that's, that's interesting. So Check it out.
0: Also, we have Brent Gleason coming on March 23rd. We're dropping Brent Gleason. And he's still out there. There you go. All right. so, He'll be coming
1: out too. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of high quality folks on his show. So my challenge is after you get done listening to this episode, go to his. Check it out. Thank you. Absolutely, bud. Absolutely. All right, guys. So that's it. Those of you who like listening, don't go ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Don't be a bait about the process. Go ahead and get you some wins.
0: See y'all.